Hello, I'm Rob Johnson. Welcome to episode 17 of A Kilo of Strength. At the beginning of the previous episode, I apologised for the delay since producing the one before that. This time the gap has been even longer. Getting on for four years, in fact. In my defence, I've been pretty busy during those four years, having published three more books, including the sequel to Lifting the Lid, which is called Heads You Lose, and is mainly set in Greece. Then there was Quest for the Holy Snail, which is a comedy time-travel adventure and is mainly set in ancient Greece. However, the book that you might be most interested in is almost entirely set in Greece, the modern one, that is, and it's called A Kilo of String. No coincidence there, of course, because this one is loosely based on the podcast series that you're listening to at the moment. As you'd expect, it's all about my and Penny's experience of moving to Greece and living here for the past 14 years. Well, actually, it's 13 years in the book because that was the case when it was published in June 2017. Since then, I'm pleased to say it's met with a mostly favourable response with reviews such as Fabulously funny, a real must for lovers of all things Greek. Rather disturbingly, however, there have been a few reviewers who have mentioned the potential for detrimental effects on their relationships. Don't read while your partner sleeps because you'll wake them with your snorts of suppressed laughter. And, unfortunately, my reading had to be interrupted as my laughter was disturbing my wife's sleep two rooms away, so I had to wait to finish it this morning. It's great to get reviews like these, of course, and the encouragement I get from them makes me all warm and fuzzy inside, which is a feeling I don't often experience, I assure you. But truth be told, not everyone has been quite so fulsome in their praise. Here's the review that one person posted to go with their one-star rating of a kilo of string on Amazon. I was really enjoying this book till Rob started to bang on about Brexit. Banging on? I only mention the B word in a few sentences at the very end of the book where I say, I believe that Britain's decision to leave the EU will go down in history as one of the biggest and gravest mistakes the British voting public has ever made. Hardly banging on, I think. But everyone has a right to their opinion, however misguided, and there was a rather pleasing comment on this person's review which said, Your review has confirmed that I will buy this book and if it is anti-Brexit, well, that's an added bonus. Then there was another less-than-enthusiastic reviewer who posed the question, Why did you stay there in Greece, as you seem to not like it? I can only assume that this particular reader must have skipped whole sections of the book where I go into quite a lot of detail about why we love living in Greece, and why we're still here after 13, 14 years. While I'm on the subject of scathing reviews, I want to mention one other, which wasn't for a kilo of string this time, but for the Kindle edition of one of my other books, Heads You Lose. Barely fit and flimsy. That one had me rather baffled, I must admit. If you've already read A Kilo of String, the book of the podcast series, then many thanks for splashing out, and you'll know that there are actually quite a lot of differences between the two. What you probably won't know, though, is that I'm currently in the process of recording a kilo of string as an audiobook. The audiobook of the book of the podcast, if you like. Hopefully, 
This will be available in its entirety in the next couple of months or so. But in the meantime, I thought you might like to listen to some of what I've recorded so far. So here's the preface, although it's not really a preface at all. A Kilo of String Written by Rob Johnson Narrated by Rob Johnson Not really a preface. People tend to skip prefaces. How Greek was my valley? That's what I was going to call this book, because I rather like the play on words in reference to the 1941 film How Green Was My Valley. However, there were two main reasons why I eventually decided against it. One, we don't live in a valley at all, so I really can't claim it as mine, or have any idea how Greek it may or may not be. On the contrary, we live halfway up a mountain, and since it's very definitely a Greek mountain, there didn't seem to be much point in speculating about its Greekness. 2. The film How Green Was My Valley, and the novel that it's based on, is about a coal mining community in South Wales, and I didn't want to mislead anyone into believing that this was a book about coal mining in Greece, which it very definitely isn't. In the interests of accuracy, I suppose I could have called the book How Greek Was the Place Where We Live That's Halfway Up a Mountain, but it didn't strike me as particularly catchy as a title. Driving Over Olives had a rather nice ring to it, but was perhaps a little too derivative. So in the end, I went with A Kilo of String, which, coincidentally, is the title of my podcast series about some of our experiences since moving to Greece. And why did I call the podcast series A Kilo of String? Because it comes from an incident that epitomises many of the things that have seemed bizarre to my partner, now wife, Penny and I, during the 13 years we've lived here. I certainly wouldn't have expected that our first encounter with culture shock would be over something as apparently straightforward as buying rope or string. But that's exactly how it came about. In Greece, they don't tend to go in for the B&Q-type DIY megastores, except in the bigger towns and cities. Instead, they've stuck more with the traditional style of shops, such as the kind of hardware stores that used to be on every British high street until about the 1980s. The first time I went into one of these places, I wanted to buy some rope, so I found a display rack which had several different thicknesses of rope and string on individual spools. I'd like some rope, please, I said to the shopkeeper in a rough approximation of Greek, having previously looked up the words in our pocket dictionary. Molester, pure thelite. I was fairly sure he was asking me which sort I wanted, so I pointed to the appropriate spool. And exit, said the shopkeeper. The question totally floored me. Primitive though my knowledge of Greek was at that stage, it sounded a lot like he was asking me how many kilos I wanted. He'd obviously misunderstood me, so I patted the spool and gave it a sideways nod for emphasis. Yes, I know, he said in English, and with more than a hint of impatience in his tone. But how many kilos? This was getting ridiculous. How shall I know how many kilos? I've no idea, I said. I just want ten metres. OK, said the shopkeeper and waved me aside before reeling off some of the rope, 
using his arms as a measure until he'd got about ten metres worth. Then he cut it off, took it to the counter, weighed it and charged me at the rate per kilo. As far as we or anybody else can work out, there doesn't seem to be any particular logic for selling things like rope, string, wine, olive oil and even bubble wrap by the kilo. If you ask a Greek, more often than not, they'll just shrug and say they've always done it like that, so what's the problem? Well, it isn't a problem at all once you get used to it, or the multitude of other examples in Greece for which there doesn't appear to be any logical reason. In supermarkets, for instance, you'll often find a free gift taped to a particular product, even though the two items bear no relation to each other whatsoever. Take a jumbo-sized pack of washing powder. What's the free gift? Bottle of fabric conditioner? Some other household cleaning aid, perhaps? No, it's a can of Coke or a packet of crisps. So where's the logic in that? OK, you might be able to make a case based on people getting hungry and or thirsty when they're doing the weekly wash, but it's a bit on the tenuous side, isn't it? In Greece, you just have to accept that there aren't any logical explanations for a lot of the weird stuff you come across here, which has always struck me as rather ironic, considering it was the Greeks who pretty much invented logic, the word itself coming from the original Greek logiki, but maybe that was so long ago that they eventually became bored with it and decided to do chaos instead, which is, of course, another Greek invention, chaos coming, oddly enough, from the Greek word chaos. And in case I'm beginning to sound like the stereotypical British expat who's constantly moaning on about the perceived shortcomings of whatever country it is that they've chosen to settle in, I'd be the first to admit that we Brits aren't exactly innocent when it comes to weirdness. Apologising to the person who's just run over your foot with their shopping trolley, believing that tea will cure almost anything from a broken heart to a broken leg, obsessive-compulsive queuing disorder, and spending entire weekends on a freezing cold station platform jotting down train numbers, are only a few examples. But because I've grown up with these kinds of weirdness, I don't find them weird at all. Except the train-spotting one, obviously. And it's only when a non-Brit points them out that I can begin to understand that they might not be universally acknowledged as perfectly normal. By the same token, it's purely because I'm a foreigner in Greece that certain aspects of the Greek way of life strike me as odd, or even downright weird, whereas a Greek would find them as natural as selling string by the kilo. When Penny and I moved here in early 2004, our most overused word for the first few weeks was bizarre, and you'll find many reasons for this through the pages of this book. Hopefully, however, you'll also discover why it is that we're still here 13 years later and have no intention of leaving unless some major catastrophe occurs, which, knowing my luck and the way European and global events have been going lately, it probably will. What you definitely won't find out is anything at all about a Greek valley, mine or anybody else's, and therefore no indication whatsoever whether it's green or some other colour of the spectrum. Sorry about that. OK, that was just the opening few minutes of the audiobook of A Kilo of String, and if it's whetted your appetite for more, 
I'll be posting Chapter 1 quite soon. Incidentally, I now have a fancy new mailing list, so if you'd like to be kept informed of my new podcast episodes, new books, price discounts and other stuff, there's a big blue button near the top of all my web pages on the right, conveniently labelled Join My Mailing List. If you do decide to click on it and sign up, I promise you I won't be bombarding you with loads of emails that you're really not interested in, as I don't send them very often. You can also unsubscribe at any time, and I won't be offended. Right then, that's about it for now. But if you have any comments about this podcast, what you think of the audiobook so far, or pretty much anything else for that matter, I'd be delighted to hear from you. There's a box called Leave a Comment at the bottom of this page, or you can contact me directly via the contact page on the website. Many thanks for listening, and until next time, cheers. Yasas kenastakala. Kala.